You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode 110. This episode is sponsored by Eric Sue Mastermind. Get support and answers to break through your health and fitness obstacles. Now offering monthly mastermind sessions that are convenient to fit your schedule. Learn more at www.ericwsue.com forward slash mastermind and to see our free bonus. Hey, it's Eric Sue. I quickly wanted to thank all my longtime listeners for your continued support. I also wanted to say hi to any first-time listeners. No matter who you are, I am committed to providing you the best health and wellness information possible. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend. Also, rate and review this show on iTunes or Stitcher so more people can find us. Let's keep this movement growing. Thanks again, and now on to the show. Healthy lifestyle tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Sometimes with guests and sometimes without. Either way, this Healthy Living Podcast has news you can use and be inspired to share. And now, your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a detailed and professional personal trainer with us today. His name is Kevin Craver. We will be talking about helping student athletes perform at their highest level. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Kevin. Kevin, are you ready to make it happen? Yes, Eric. Awesome. Kevin has been in the fitness industry in one capacity or another since 1996. He's fully certified since 2006. He's taught grade school and middle school. He's a soccer coach since 1996 and currently coaches at junior college and high school levels. Constantly continue educating in fitness and coaching soccer. He enjoys the blend combination of fitness and soccer. He helps educate student athletes on training, nutrition, and recovery. And he enjoys movies, travel, dinners, a good TV series, and the list goes on and on. Kevin, that was just a little bit about who you are. Can you share with our audience a little little bit more on how you got started? Of course, Eric, and thank you for having me on. I have always been involved with fitness, and I started playing soccer at the age of five, so kind of early, and played different sports, and kind of just continued playing soccer all throughout my life, and that was my sport of choice, and I love it still to this day. Very good, Kevin. And Kevin and I actually know each other um, quite a bit, and we kind of brainstorm some ideas when I had my fitness club and uh, just an overall great guy. So I'm so glad you're on. Yes, thank you. So are you. Thank you for having me again. Great, great. And just so you could share with our audience a little bit more, and they love this answer, what's one cool or unique fact about yourself, Kevin? Eric, it is funny, I guess you could say, but I am still a kid at heart and I love to color and I like to use Crayolas and markers and colored pencils and you name it. So uh, it it eases things, I guess, and keeps me grounded and it relaxes me. So that's kind of nice to have as well. And it takes me away from all the daily hustle and bustle. Awesome. To relax. Yeah. So we're thinking, when's your birthday? And we should get you some markers and Crayolas, right? (laughs) April 4th. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it just passed. Very good. Excellent. And you have any artwork that Would you be can, welcome. Oh, do you have any artwork that you can share with us? 
no. <laughs> no. <laughs> coloring oh. books. Coloring books. Oh, coloring little books. Things, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I just do coloring books and, and do those sorts of things or maybe print some stuff off of uh, the Internet and color those. I actually did something for my mother um, for Mother's Day that I printed off the Internet, colored for her. She is, unfortunately, she's in a nursing home right now dealing with Parkinson's. So that's been uh, a pretty big chunk of my life and my father's life. So we do the best we can with that and um, are there for one another as a family, as pretty much everybody should be, yeah. in my opinion. So coloring helps and, and just having a good, clear mind to deal with those things and, and being her advocate. So Very good. Excellent. Good to go. We're good to go. Yeah. A great son, trainer. Let's dive into uh, this topic today, though. Uh, helping student athletes perform at their highest level. Um, how do you describe it to people, and, and what do you? How do you help them? So can you go into that a little bit, Kevin? Certainly, certainly. I I was a student athlete, and I. I truly am 100% for a student athlete, and it's, it's very difficult to sometimes explain that because not everybody is educated on that. So my first and foremost thing is to educate them, uh, families, parents, even kids, even the kids or the players, in regards to what a student athlete is and what it may mean. Um, and of course, they can always uh, define it for themselves, and most people sometimes don't realize that when you're a student athlete, you're a student first and an athlete second. So if I gave an example of myself, I was a student athlete and I went on to play uh, in, in, later on in life and it wasn't my brain, as I, as, I tell, as I tell people, that got me into college. It was my two feet. Um, and I then went from there and, and did things. So when I explain it, that could be part of it. That's a pretty good example that I give them because there's always that opportunity and that chance to get there because of the sport you play. But also your grades are important. So I kind of tie those two together. And that all of a sudden then comes into what they want to do, uh, let's say after high school or before high school, when they get into high school. What are their goals? Are they committed for those things that they want to achieve? Do they have a positive attitude? Uh, or do, does the coach, the, the parent, and the players, do they all communicate? And it is a positive communication. Um, there is some negative communication. I understand that with everything. But there has to be a mutual understanding. And then I also look at what players would need with, in, in regards to their training, whether it's strength training, speed agility and quickness, or for that particular sport. And then we'll talk about nutrition and recovery. One of the things that a lot of trainers don't cover, in my opinion, is recovery. That's the most important part of, I think, that whole training, nutrition, and being good for the sport you're playing. Wow, that's a mouthful. I don't know if you have more to add to that. For which part? Which part would you like me to add to? The well, positive attitude? Well, actually, that's a great question. Uh, let's let's dive into each section a little bit because right? I, I know okay. uh, we spoke earlier and you are super passionate about a, a lot of this. Um, and yeah. 
you know, student athletes, they are asked to do a lot. They're asked to be a student. They're asked to be a high performing. And there's some disconnect. I think that's what we kind of concluded, or at least what is in my mind about what you said with, with what they actually are being told to do um, to perform at the highest level. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yes, of course. I, well, first off, I, I would have to say as a coach and as a trainer, um, because I have what I call, my opinion, the real coaches are like Bill Jackson, Pat Riley, Sir Alex Ferguson, um, Jill Ellis, Pat Summit, And they have to manage people. You always have to manage a team, but then you also have to manage the individuals as well. I think the best example of this is Phil Jackson with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, all those characters in one group. They were very successful. Um, so by managing, but then also going into that and saying, well, does, does the group or does the player have a positive attitude? And that can be a positive attitude in the classroom and also in their sport. A lot of people, you know, they just think, oh, the sport, the sport, the sport, and they forget that if you're ineligible with your grades, you don't play. And that's sometimes a tough thing to get across. So by staying positive as a positive coach or a positive inspiration, mentor, you could say, is there times for, let's say, a, a student study hall? Is there times for a team study hall? Does the team work together to help, let's say, one or two of the players who aren't eligible to play? Or do they knock them down and, and, and go from there? So you have to set up to be successful a positive attitude, uh, a positive arena for these players, whether it's high school, club team, or college. And then kind of from there, each individual should be asked about their goals or how committed they are to these goals. And, you know, you're right. I am very passionate about this because I am so for um, being positive with kids and maybe being a, a good role model or mentor for them because I had those growing up. So, you know, I, I didn't really make, I guess I did, but I didn't. I guess I didn't know that back then. I, I had goals, but I didn't know, you know what I mean? Uh, because no one really pointed them out. And so have goals, start small, because then the small ones always can work to bigger ones. And how committed are you to that? Are you staying after practice to do certain things? Are you working better in the classroom? Are you developing relationships in the classroom, not just with your professor, but with your peers, other friends? Are you, are you making connections? Um, I was talking to a team that I, that I was coaching, and we always had a theme for the, each week, and one of the themes was professionalism. And m my big thing is I don't care what other team is in this school or in this atmosphere or on the field, you will be the most recognized team because you will be the most professional. Mm. You will shake people's hands. You will please and thank you. Shake the coach's hand. I've been on the sidelines before. Not one other team has shaken my hand before a game, but my team always does. Every single one of them does. And the coaches are just astounded. Referees have commented on it. Mm. So, I mean, that's being positive, setting goals. What type of commitment is there? Um, 
and what kind of commitment do the parents have? That's mm. the, that's a whole maybe a whole nother <laughs> um, podcast. podcast about parents and how they relate to their kids and and sports. Um, and then the communication. I think we touched on that as well between the coach, the parent, and the player. It's it, it boils down to uh, are you communicating enough with everyone and not holding back information. I am I am one to be very transparent and not hold back things because I was brought up where I had coaches and family members and parents and even mentors that have been very straightforward and don't beat around the bush. And that has helped me. Um, where some people just don't possibly understand that, later on down the line, it has helped me and it I hope it's helped other people if I'm being transparent with them. Um, and that co- communication with emails, text messages, um, face-to-face, in small groups, um, is there for whether, whatever team it may be, whatever sport it may be, do you have an entrance um, interview where they're entering the uh, season, let's say, and then you have an exit interview and when – you're finished the season, what do they plan on doing for the following season? And you might have some mid-season interviews um, to see how things are going, see where things are at. If, if you're a good enough coach, if you're a good enough coach, good enough trainer, you can see how that is going midway through and ask a couple of questions. And it doesn't have to be, you know, sitting down behind a desk. It can be a practice, just asking people certain questions and, and getting certain things. And then we can – you know, dive into nutrition and recovery and training. That all, I think, kind of goes together. And I've heard your other podcasts, and, and everybody has said uh, hydration is the number one thing, uh, and I would thoroughly agree with them. Water, hydration with sports drinks, and, um, you know, if, if you're not hydrated, then you can't perform, and that's how things start to go astray. And so, you know, that's the one thing. And then just getting a well-balanced nutrition plan. I hate saying diet. Everybody always says diet. And I am a stickler for when people say that the first three letters of diet are D-I-E. And they buy into these things uh, that's going to, you know, quote-unquote, make them better. Nothing makes you better except the thing that's in between your ears and the thing that's in the center of your chest, if those things connect, then no one can stop you, ever. And so if you could get a nutrition plan together, hydrate, eat good proteins, eat good carbohydrates, eat good fats, uh, and then recover properly after your sport um, and even your season with, I always tell people in recovery it's, you know, eat or take some sort of liquid uh, after you play your practice and use a foam roller, use stretch straps, use uh, a stick, the stick roller, um, and get the blood moving still. Don't sit and not let the blood move anymore. That's when things start to become sore and, and uncomfortable and that's how you can also injure yourself. There's a lot of ACL injuries going on now that I have seen and I have read about 
Um, and so kind of have to keep away from that. I can kind of knock on wood and pride myself on this past season. I had a team that didn't have any soft tissue injuries. And they always wondered why we didn't practice all the time. Well, you're practicing, you're just recovering. Um, and then you're training. Can you still train during the season? Of course you can. You're training for the sport. You could possibly strength train. But I don't necessarily think using weights and dumbbells and kettlebells and all that good stuff that I would use. Um, and if off-season is good for in-season, body weight things, resistance bands or resistance tubes are the way to go. And just to get everybody to move in the uh, planes of, of motion that are, uh, you know, that, that we know as trainers, the sagittal, frontal, and transverse planes. So that's, that's kind of pretty much how I do things. And talk to people about it. a lot of it goes over their head, so you can't give it all to them at once. <laughs> um, just bits and pieces. And always, 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 if they don't know it, ask questions and accept the questions. Receive the questions. And if you don't know an answer right off bat, say, hey, can I get back to you on that? It's always about being positive. Just It boils down to just being positive. Um, and that's what I'd like to pride myself on is being positive as much as possible. Kevin, Kevin, you are on a roll, and I, I wasn't going to stop you from from what your your train of thought there, but uh, I just wanted to chime in real quick here and say that um, for my audience, if they need to go back and hear what you are saying, just go ahead and rewind the last few minutes and listen to that over again because like, you have a lot of good nuggets of, of knowledge there because – these kids that that are going through these programs, they're just going through the programs because they, they uh, like the act, uh, the sport, and they want to just um, play because that that's what they uh, like. They enjoy it. At the same time, there's, there's yeah. so much more to it, which is you know, like you said, how to train for the optimal performance, uh, the eating well, the nutritional side of it, and it's, it's like a, a business within this, or not? I shouldn't say use business, but there's a lot parts of it to make it work, right? And um, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, yes. and so so if if you can help uh, some of our parents who have kids, uh, and, and since you're the coach of a, a um, actually two teams, or is it one team? Right now, just one. Just one. Um, how, yeah. how do you train these kids for optimal performance? I mean, give me, give us uh, a few uh, specific things that you do differently or better than so maybe some other coaches. Well, uh, that's a great question. And to, I guess, dive into that a little bit more, I, I'm, I'm so old school. It's, I think, worse than old school. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was brought up in the era where we didn't have everything that kids have nowadays. Um, we didn't have the PlayStations or the phones or anything like that. And unfortunately that's been taking over. Social media has been taking over and it's kind of a virus in my opinion. And it's a really bad virus because I didn't have that back then. Yeah, we had video games, we had things to do, but I was outside playing all the time and I was doing other sports like basketball because we didn't have indoor soccer and I ran track because we had a break in a soccer season. So if parents can get kids involved in other things, that is wonderful. And so when I would start out with a parent or even with the kids, it's usually, you know, the kids you have in front of you for the practices 
um, you start them slow and explain to them what we're going to do. Give them, you know, the former teacher in me comes out and says, this is what we're going to do for the day. That's what we used to call an advanced organizer. And you spell it out for them. And this is what we're going to do for today, or this is what we're going to do for the week. And that's part of the communication end of things. Um, for the week, this is what Monday is going to be, Tuesday is going to be. And, of course, things are going to change. Um, but that's pretty much it. And I use, in, in season, it would be body weight, resistance bands, or resistance tubes for their workouts. And then, you know, and give them just little things. They don't have to go through an hour's worth of the strength training end of things or the, you know, uh, a workout. As, as we would call it, and even speed agility and quickness. Everybody thinks you have to run through the, um, the speed ladder. You don't have to do that. There's a lot of things you can do to, to get kids interested in that, and that's just a tool to use. Um, and then nutrition, talk about it. And another part of communication is sending emails out with literature on how they can, you know, become... Uh, knowledgeable with things that they should be eating and the things they should not be eating. I mean, I can go into, uh, like, like we talked about another podcast and we could say, Hey, I've gone into schools and I've seen what they've served. I've seen what they put in the vending machines and, um, some of it's not healthy. And I think people could blast me for it. Go right ahead. I'm willing to accept it. Um, and I welcome it, but let's look at what we're feeding our kids. And um, because that's, that's what makes your machine, which is your body, go. And a lot of kids that I've noticed and I've talked to, not just at high schools, but even in the college levels, they think if, you know, I eat a certain amount of calories, I will be able to perform or I need to lose weight. Well, they don't realize that they're spending a lot of energy. Energy is calories. And they have to eat enough to sustain their production, not just on the field, but in the classroom. It's a vicious circle. If they can't eat right, then that would mean maybe or they don't sleep enough, which is another thing they need, and I probably should have touched on that. They will not be good in the classroom, which means in turn their grades won't be very good. They could be bouncing off the walls in some respects. And then when they get to the practice field, they might be tired, groggy, exhausted, angry, and then or to the game field, same things, and then that in turn could turn into an injury, and that's what we don't want. So I think coaches don't touch on that enough. They just look at the W's and the losses and what can this child or this player uh, do for me and what can I get out of them. And that, I don't think, is a positive thing. Wins and losses don't always um, make it positive. And that's what a lot of coaches go by, You know, unfortunately. You, real quick, Kevin, I, I know, uh, and we're getting close to the end of this podcast, which is only 30 minutes, and it goes sure. so fast, I know. And I know we touched on this early, and that, or we spoke about this earlier, and it was about, you know, how people, or at least how coaches uh train their student athletes and uh, you may have touched on this but can you share with us uh, what trainers can be doing maybe better in your opinion oh of course stay away from um, 
sometimes weights that children don't need because, uh, for example, I have trained kids and seen kids where you tell them to do a simple plank. I guess you could say simple or whatever you want to call simple. A simple plank mm-hmm. or a push-up, and they can't do it because they're not strong enough, and they can't perform a plank properly. And when I say, who taught you this, or I ask them, who taught you this, they say, oh, my coach or my PE teacher, my gym teacher told me this, and that's incorrect. And it's unfortunate because now we have to go back, and instead of working on what we need to work on in practice, we have to turn around and work on some things that they haven't been taught properly. And to me, that's very unfortunate. You know, I know I I didn't do things right in the past, but I learned because it took time to learn it. And that's what I think parents need to look at is just because, let's say, uh, someone has a um, speaks a foreign language doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good trainer or a good soccer coach. <laughs> and that's sometimes what we see. Sometimes when they're so backed up with all these certifications, you know, and it's on their resume, doesn't always mean they're going to be a, a great coach. Yeah. And, and r- real quick, Kevin, you know, um, you, you touched on the recovery part and hydration for recovery, getting a good nutritional meal to recover as well, and, and doing the uh, foam rolling as part of the recovery um, program. Uh, what, what can people do like tomorrow or if they're listening to this or even today? What can they do right away to just start improving that area? Well, I, I would say take five minutes and stretch because a lot of people are really, really tight in their backside, like their glutes, their hamstrings, and then the front side, their hip flexors. And that's why we always see the hunched over, the chin going forward. They can't really move too well. They get low back aches. So just take five minutes and stretch those areas. Or if they're watching a TV program during the commercials, (laughs) go down and stretch. And then when the commercial's over with, Pop back up, watch the show, or watch the show while you're stretching. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of time to do things. Excellent. Good, good, good. I um, I know you have a lot to say. We could have gone into more uh, detail to a lot of this. Um, however, this show is only 30 minutes. And um, right. I just wanted to just ask you the last few questions, if you could uh, summarize mm-hmm. a little bit about what you want uh parents or whoever's listening to this, my audience, just summarize a little bit of what you would like them to take away. Please take away that you need to be aware of what's out there, do your research, and really do it well and and find out what not only your child wants because that's them, uh, but find out what and how you can support them positively with that. Don't, don't try to live through them. Let them live and let them do because that's how they will make it. You just be the, the guide on the side to push them a little bit. Very good. Excellent. And uh, do you have, I know you said a lot of tips. Do you have any other tips health and wellness wise that you could share with our audience uh, that you haven't already said? I would just say remain positive. You know, it's it's a journey. Everybody's on it, and everybody has their ups and downs. And if you get knocked down, right back up. No reason you should be stopping. Any other ones? 
I'd say that's pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, I know there are going to be some people who may have some extra questions perhaps. And um, you actually are training up, up north and is it Wheeling? No. No, it's, I'm actually training in Wakanda. Wakanda. And okay. Yes, Wakanda. And I train at a, a small 24-hour facility. It's, the name of it is Renegade Fitness. And I teach uh, some circuit classes. And I teach a TRX class in the morning. And then, um, you know, there's always time for personal training things. And like you and I talked about earlier, and I think you mentioned that you had your personal training facility. I had a personal training facility and um, helped a lot of people that way. Yeah. And, and you're and coaching uh, which school again? I am at College of Lake County right now coaching soccer the women's soccer team as an assistant coach very good and uh just a few uh social media maybe or uh some ways that people can get a hold of you you can get me on facebook just under my name kevin craver and then i have an email address kjc1018 at hotmail.com i'm always available um i'll answer as fast as i can Excellent. And Very good. Questions are always welcome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, seek out this man, uh, Kevin. <laughs> man, uh, Kevin, for any additional um, information. He is very, very knowledgeable. He um, he does great work as well. I really appreciate it, Kevin, for your time, your knowledge, and wisdom. I look forward to talking with you again soon. Have a great day. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsu.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living life is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.